This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, obviously, you know, Easter, Passover, probably uh, not what everybody's accustomed to. Um, Zoom, Uber conference, everybody's seeing family and on a holiday. Uh, definitely made for a different feel. Uh, the prime rib was good as Pete Smith's vote won out in the Lloyd household, uh, over the ham, uh, be still my heart and it hurts to say, but is what it is. Bottom line is, is I can cook anything. Uh, I'm going to get into a bunch here today as we're closing in, I guess it's about 10 days now, uh, before the 2020 NFL draft here from SI.com, Mr. Pete Smith. First and foremost, Pete, uh, how you holding up here? Uh, you know. Cat scratch fever, any of that boredom getting to you quite yet, bud, or what? No, I'm all right. Uh, but uh, I'm happy that uh, your your family gets to actually enjoy their meal uh, on a holiday. It's supposed to be a holiday, not a holiday from flavor. And uh, but this is, uh, I'm worried about you. You sound like you're getting a little cocky, and then you're gonna go with something like ham or something, and, and assume you can save it, and then. You take another big fall, and then and then you have to build yourself back up again. It's well, Pete. It's the life of being a husband and a parent in general. So, um, just just a little thing there. It's you're never king. You may be king for the moment, perhaps. Um, Peter King here. Um, and obviously Dane Brugler talked about this last week on the show here. Um, the Cleveland Browns and the name Ezra Cleveland. It just doesn't seem to be going away. Now, Pete, we've talked. It's on here how we, but we do honestly believe they want to add more than the seven picks they have in this selection. Uh, so, you know, obviously the greatest asset they would have would be pick 10 overall. The question would be, um, A, why do you do it? If it's, you know, why are you going to dip into the second tier of offensive tackles when you easily are in control of the top tier um, as far as getting one of those guys? And how much of a return could you possibly expect from this? It's hard to say. if 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 everybody is indeed trying to go after Henry Ruggs uh, from Alabama and they, you know, if, if he's that guy for a bunch of teams, which seems to be like the Denver Broncos, potentially the Oakland Raiders uh, and some of these teams, you know, if you believe he's the guy and your chief rival is not only, you know, another team, but it's a team you have to play twice a year, it may amp up what you're willing to offer. So, you know, if you can get like an extra third round pick, I think most people would be thrilled uh, to, to move down two spots or five spots or whatever it is. But if these guys get nuts and, you know, you get like a third round this year and like a, you know, third or fourth round next year, uh, that would be pretty good. Cause I think ultimately that's what they want to end up doing. I think they do want to add assets uh, for this year, I, I think they'd love to get another pick uh, in that mid-round range. Uh, but I also think they'd like to continue to add to their 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 war chest of assets, and they already have an extra fourth and a fifth for next year uh, with uh, from from trading Jannard Avery and uh, Austin Corbett. That uh, then you know not only can you you know potentially draft more players that you like. But I think what the Browns want to be able to do is get in that situation where they can trade a couple picks 
uh, and get like a, a, a very uh, a very talented veteran that they feel like can can really excel their development. So if they have a productive 2020 season and then they you know there's that Darius Slay type player out there next year that they can be the team that sort of adds them in, in what they feel like is a is a big move towards a championship. So you know it, it's really hard to gauge uh, just what the value is for for trading, but that's the beauty of having multiple teams sort of vying for that spot is, is, you know, you can get teams to offer more than they might like simply because they, they feel like they must get that player. And I'm sure it's burning, you know, within your soul for this to all be about uh, Henry Ruggs. Um, and this one actually came from ESPN and Bill Bourne. Well, he actually put came, uh, wrote a piece with a trade scenario for every every first round pick. Um, so his was, you know, Raiders acquiring pick 10 Browns acquiring pick 12. Um, one of the Raiders third, I believe the Raiders have 81 and 82. I think he gave him 81 in this scenario and right guard Gabe Jackson, who's, you know, Gabe Jackson is making some legit money. I think 28 about to be 29 years old or something of that nature. This may be a little bit too rich. If you're Las Vegas, maybe you're just, you know, looking to move on from Gabe, Gabe Jackson and his contract here. But, you know, in this scenario, it wouldn't necessarily even be Ezra Cleveland, Pete. This could still put you in contention for the top tier of top four tackles. Um, I, it's possible. I doubt it. Um, I, I mean, I, I, the Jets, I mean, I, I feel like they have to take a left tackle. Um, it's just a question of whether they get one of the, the four guys or they trade for Trent Williams. Um, I mean, it's possible they they would take a guy like Josh Jones or something like that, but I feel like they have to get one of those guys um, if they're going to actually seriously, you know, try to make Sam Darnold work. Um, they just they, they've they've spent a bunch of money. I just don't know how much of it's actually going to help them with guys like George Fant and and and, and players like that. But uh, no, I think I think once you move off ten, you've sort of conceded that you're 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 not going to get Werfs or Thomas, um, who may not be there anyway. That would be you know why you're not going to get them anyway. I, I don't think this trade happens if either of them is sitting on the board. Um, but uh, Gabe Jackson, uh, I, I love Gabe Jackson. I, I love them coming out of Mississippi State, but he's you know he's a bulldozer. He's a Old school right guard, uh, you know, it doesn't. And, and getting another, he only makes seven million this year, and then nine point five the next couple. You know, again, they they got out of offensive line contracts. The the goal is not to then just add another one. Um, they, I, I think, people are underrating how effective Wyatt Teller was, even um, in the awkward scenario where he was switching sides. Last year, and I think um, Drew Forbes is a guy that you know any team would like um, to develop. I just don't see the benefit of you know sucking up so much contract again on an, on on four offensive line contracts. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think any trade happens if Andrew Thomas or Tristan Works is sitting there at ten. Um, I think it only happens if they aren't, and then you're conceding it's either going to be Josh Jones or 
Ezra Cleveland. Now, what I would say about a team like the Raiders is because it's only 12th pick, um, it doesn't preclude you from theoretically trading down a second time. Now, I don't, you know, again, they don't want to move too far, but, you know, if there's somebody that, that somebody else is trying to come up and get, you know, then, then you could do that again. But I think once you move off 10, you're, you're, you're talking about Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland. Uh, and the thing, I mean, and the way I'm seeing this is, is just the way, you know, with the interest they've had in almost every offensive tackle in this class, I think they kind of have a feeling that almost everybody kind of hits the bill for them somehow, some way. And, you know, we've talked about this, you know, it's not that Andrew Tamas didn't te- test like a decent athlete because he certainly did. It's just that, you know, obviously guys like Cleveland, obviously Tristan Wirfs, they tested like incredibly elite athletes at the offensive tackle position here. Um, I, uh, as to what will be there at 10, you know, whether it could be worse, whether it could be Thomas for me, it hinges on, it hinges on the New York giants and it hinges on the LA chargers. You know, Dave Gettleman can never get out of his own way as opposed to doing you know what he wants to do as opposed to what he should do. And the Los Angeles chargers, you can tell me a million times, you can tell me that you're blue in the face, but you're not going to tell me with what you've got invested in that defense that you're ready to hand this over to Tyrod Taylor? Uh, so, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, how do they feel about, you know, whether it's Tua or Herbert versus what do they think of maybe a guy like Eason or that tier of quarterbacks, Jordan Love maybe? Um, I don't know. But that they've been pretty consistent in this idea that they – that they really like the quarterbacks they have, which may be about Tyrod. It may be more about what they, they think about Easton's pick. Um, it's hard to know, but they are set up to, to where they could easily take an offensive tackle. I mean, they got uh, they got Bulaga to be right tackle. I don't think they want to move him to the other side. And so, you know, if they want to get they, – they're a big threat. If if if, if if Bulaga is sort of a hint that, you know, and obviously they, they hired Campin, you know, if they want to be more of a zone type athletic group, then they might be in the market for Werps, um, maybe Thomas. I mean, I would love them to go sort of the old school Chargers route and draft a, you know, that aircraft carrier offensive tackle like Mackay Beckton. But um, no, I mean, they, 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 they certainly could take a quarterback and it could be, you know, playing possum for this thing, but, if they are of the belief that that Herbert or Tua or whatever is far enough away that far enough away that whatever Eason and some of these other guys can offer is just as quick to get there, then they might take a sort of an impact player at five and then get that you know mid round quarterback and, and try to win faster. I, but I just think the Chargers are just in a really difficult spot. I don't know if there's a good answer to their situation. Just be, you know, if it, when they they didn't get Tom Brady, um, and I don't know how viable that is anyway. But just the, they have so much talent on defense, and they have some really nice pieces on offense, but they're they're sort of missing that quarterback piece. And what does that involve? And even if they had sort of Philip Rivers, then it would make it easy then you know, they could just take an offensive tackle and move on. But the, the fact that they don't, I, I don't know if there's a good answer. 
No, and look, I mean, the Philip Rivers thing that was done anyway. So, I mean, obviously, you know, they were hoping, obviously, you know, the to open up you know, one last window with Philip Rivers with the defense they had until, uh, obviously, that didn't come to fruition, and both sides, you know, mutually decided to move on, um, which was probably best for both in that scenario. Here, we got some more to get to here on Locked On Browns. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on your Monday edition here. Uh, if you're looking for some Browns gear for the draft, uh, I'll always recommend my folks over at Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Uh, obviously, small family business. You know, those are the types that are hurting the most during this time. Uh, now we're offering free shipping on any merchandise order today. Should have it all set up by the draft. ZaboApparel.com on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, Zabo, uh, at Zabo Apparel. Again, S-Z-A-B-O. Uh, hope Brian and the family are hanging tough. Uh, obviously, all sitting here uh in this new world, um, obviously the numbers sound like they're getting better, which is good. Um, but look, still social distancing, keep your peace uh, from each other, space. Let's just continue to do so for the rest of us and for the good of us all. Pete, I think we're in solid agreement here between the way it stands now with 41, 74, 97, pick 115, obviously taken through the second through the fourth rounds here. I think we're in pretty good agreement somehow. This has got to be a mixture of Defensive tackle, safety, linebacker, wide receiver. The key here is, though, is of these positional groups, you know, where does it look like, you know, the value will end here? You know, safety, it looks like it starts to pick up at 41, but can you wait till 74? Defensive tackle, it could be dried up by 41 and probably nothing available by 74. Um, linebacker, you know, maybe 74, 97, it fits well, maybe even 115. And then there's where wide receiver falls into this. Um, it's exactly, you know, it depends on the guy you're looking for, because obviously the class is tremendously deep here. But I mean, if you're rolling the dice, you would think your odds are maybe the best to get maybe that wide receiver at 115. But like D tackle and safety, it, it might be more striking while the iron's hot here and getting them as early as possible. Um, if a lot depends on how you feel about Jeremy Chin. Um, if you love Jeremy Chin, and you actually think he's a safety, then, you know, if he's at 41, you're, you're probably going to run up there and grab him. I'm not convinced he's a safety. I'm not convinced he's good, although the data loves him. Um, if you can get Grant Delpit, I think you run to the, I think you run the card up there and get him, even if you have to move up a little bit to grab him. I think he's a phenomenal football player um, that fits exactly what the Browns want to do. Uh, after that, though, when it comes to free safety and strong safety, it's more clumped together in terms of sort of uh, how, you know, how these guys are likely to sort of, you know, finish in terms of upside than anyone wants to admit. Um, like Anton Winfield and Xavier McKinney may be very, very likely to hit their top end, whereas guys like um, Antoine Brooks or you know, Kayvon Wallace or Brandon Jones or Josh Metellus are who could all go far later than they do, but they may not be all that different in sort of where they end up long-term. Uh, free safety is a little more uh, convoluted. Wide receiver, you know, you can get one anywhere. Uh, it really just comes down to what do you want and and how you know where do you sort of value guys so like to me you know i love michael pittman um but you know a guy like devin duvernay in terms of sort of 
what he can be, he can be as good as any receiver in this class if he just, you know, becomes a good route runner. And obviously Tyler Johnson is a terrific player that just, you know, doesn't have to test athletically at all to project to be a solid starter for a long time just because he was that productive. Now, obviously you want him to, you know, be athletic enough, but at the same time, if he's not, then you can sort of make the case that he's a bigger version of Jarvis Landry uh, from that standpoint. Um, and then linebacker is one of those positions you can get him anywhere. Um, and and some of the guys in terms of upside might surprise, like Devion Taylor um, might have more upside than most anyone in this class not named Isaiah Simmons. And where can you pick that? And then you know, if they want inside linebackers, I think Malik Jefferson is a is a, a very, very good player. Or Malik Harrison is a very, very, very good player. But, you know, Jordan Brooks, very similar into what he does. Evan Weaver, very similar into what he does. Um, Logan Wilson is a very athletic um, person <coughs> like Harrison, but um, he's not – you know, that likely to be any, you know, sort of long-term better than them. He's just sort of a different a different variation. So, and the defensive tackle, they're all basically the same. And the, the guys that at least gave you some data ver with their production. Um, I love Russ Black, Blacklock, um, but, you know, if, if you get a guy like Marlon Davidson, you know, probably in that same area or – uh, McTelvin Agam probably later, uh, Larell Murchison later. Um, some of those guys, uh, their you know their upside may not be all that different. Um, so it, again, it just depends on what you want to do. Personally, uh, I think my my priority um, with 41 would be Grant Delpit. Um, I, I just don't know if you're going to feel as good about. The other safety options, as as you might think, uh, as you're you're going to, particularly, you know, for life after Sendejo, um, I think he can be a stud. Uh, so he's sort of my priority, and then after that, it, it just entirely becomes a value play and sort of where guys are, and then what Joe Woods wants these guys to be, and sort of that thing. But you know, I. I know a lot of people keep talking about linebackers early, like Kenneth Murray, and he's a talented guy, but I just don't think the Browns are that interested in that position to really go that big of a splash, which is maybe the same thing with a guy like Jeremy Chin. Maybe they really like him. I'm not sure. Obviously, a lot of people are high on him. I still think he's ultimately a will linebacker. Um, so, you know, we're, we're sort of left to see on that. The other position that I think could factor into those, that area, like 115 um, in that neighborhood is slot corner. Uh, I think there's a pretty good crop of those guys. I really like uh, Amik Robertson. He's another guy who didn't test, unfortunately, but I, but I really like what I see on tape with him. Um, and that becomes a position because, uh, you know, Kevin Johnson, uh, you know, he's 3.5 million for this year, up to six, depending on, on, on how he does. I don't know that they anticipate him being here longer than that. And if he is here longer than that, it may be saying more about Greedy Williams than it, than it does anything else. So I think they are going to be in the market for another corner to, to get to play the slot. 
Well, then that brings us to this here. And, you know, obviously, you know, I'll, I'll jump in here with, um, yeah, D-tackle and, you know, in talking with some guys, whether it was Dane Brugler or Matt Bowen, it seems like that drop-off is like right probably around where the third round begins. Um, then maybe you're taking some projects, which wouldn't be terrible this year because, I mean, if you're going to draft one, say, fourth round um, or sixth round, even somebody you think's got some upside, you're working into a rotation where they're probably most likely going to be the fourth option, fourth option to start. So if they – Hands out that way. That's not the worst thing in the world here. Your wide receiver. Look, I mean, in this draft, you know, you can probably find somebody anywhere. Um, you know, I remember Pete, you started talking to Michael Pittman a month ago, and now there's talk of, you know, would Michael Pittman go in the first round of the Philadelphia Eagles as people have started to understand and respect his game a little bit more. Can't teach size, can't teach, you know, catching the ball, you know, high pointing, uh, can't teach deep speed or, you know, stuff that uh, Michael Pittman brings you know, to uh, the table, uh, linebacker position, another one, even Troy Dye from Oregon, all these guys, you know, I think the testing turned this linebacker class kind of flipped it. Um, you know, it was one of the lower positional groups within this class after they all tested and found out they all ran and ran really damn well. I think it elevated, you know, the entire, the entire group, obviously, you know, headlining by, you know, Simmons and Queen and Murray and all those guys, but all around just a, a really great group. And even, uh, you know, my guy that I love, the other LSU linebacker, Jacob Phillips here, Safety's safety's interesting because you talk with a lot of people. You don't think anybody thinks that there's going to be one that goes in round one. Now the question, you know, would be with Delpit, you know, will the high ankle sprain, you know, be forgiven? And you go back to what you saw from 2018, which was one of the best defensive backs in the entire country. Um, if you're even going to get into the remote possibility where you know we're going to enter day two, and and Grant Delpit's name is still on the board, obviously at 41. I mean, even still, hey, if you maybe move back from 10 and there's still an opportunity that you can bag a guy like Grant Delpit. That's just, I mean, it's mind blowing. And then we'll get to this one here. And actually it's funny that you brought up Greedy Williams. And when we were talking cornerbacks the other day with Matt Bowen, Matt Bowen was like, you know, he's like, Jeff, I know you really like Jairi Alexander. And he's like, that's what I'm getting here from Jeff Gladney. Now the rumors come out that Jeff Gladney has spoken recently with the Browns here. And when you're talking with a corner like that, Pete, um, you're talking, yeah, future, you know, opposite bookend here of Denzel Ward. I mean, it does seem, you know, tough and maybe a, you know, a tough hand, so to speak, to be dealt to Greedy Williams here. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a very impressive rookie year. And number two, you know, the whole not my guy. And so when you're starting to look at cornerbacks here that are in that second round range, where a, a Jeff Gladney would be if he doesn't go round one here, it certainly seems like, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, fire under the feet, so to speak, for Greedy Williams. Uh, I think Greedy Williams is fine for this year. It's just, I, I think the Kevin Johnson signing sort of has to, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if they, they, they intended it to sort of work this way, but it does sort of force Greedy Williams to, you know, just be aware of what's coming is, is the fact that, you know, Greedy Williams isn't guaranteed to be one of the two starting corners. Um, Kevin Johnson could easily be, you know, the corner starting opposite of Denzel Ward. And then when they go to nickel and have three corners on the field, then Greedy Williams becomes that third guy, plays the boundary, and Kevin Johnson slides inside. I mean, there, there's already competition there. So I think that's the nature of the beast. Uh, but if you were to add another corner, and you use Gladney as an example, um, I don't think it necessarily dooms Greedy Williams to anything necessarily, just by virtue of the fact that you need an obscene amount of corners in this league to be effective. 
And, uh, you know, if you have four cover guys that are, you know, really effective, you're in a great shape, and then you're going to keep investing in the defensive line. And, again, I think this is part of what not valuing linebackers can sort of do for them. Again, in that sense, they are, you know, they have a similar model to the Philadelphia Eagles that always are trying to add as many cover guys as they can possibly get um, in that standpoint. Um, Jeff Gladney's fine. I don't think he's anything particularly special. But, uh, you know, if they want other corners, if they, if they like a, a guy, you know, in the extraordinarily unlikely scenario that they were to trade down and not taken off as a tackle, if they were to take a, a kid like C.J. Uh, Henderson from Florida, uh, he's got, you know, some really good top-end results um, in terms of what he can be. Uh, I think – there between the guys that didn't test and, and, and the guys that did cornerback is sort of a pretty average group um, in terms of, you know, top end results. You can get a lot of guys that uh, are going to be, you know, long-term starter types, which is great. Um, but the guys that didn't test, there are a lot of wild cards in there. And obviously I think the Browns are more focused on slot guy, um, but we'll see. So like a guy like Bryce Hall, was the best corner in the country last year, you know, or I should say 2018 bar none. He was the guy. And then he, he gets hurt this year, and, you know, he's sort of like a forgotten man. And, and obviously the medical is going to be big on him, but he didn't test. And, you know, the recency thing sort of hurts him. But, you know, let's say he's sitting there in the third or fourth round, and the Browns are like, look, we we, we – we loved what this guy did last year. Our doctors have signed off on him. We just think he's going to be great. And you add him and you basically are saying, um, look, we, as much as we might like what Greedy Williams can become, we just can't get enough corners. And, and, and I think that's sort of their mentality with safety too, is they just want as many co cover guys as possible. Joe Woods wants um, safeties with hips, guys who can in turn and cover and, and do that and just get as many of those guys as humanly possible uh, there, rush the passer uh, effectively and create pressure to create turnovers, and then they'll they'll figure it out at linebacker. Yeah, that was the first thing when you hear you know they're meeting with guys like um you know with a guy like Gladney. It makes me just say and again to everybody that again linebacker is not of their utmost importance here, uh, and it's going to be more about pass rush. It's going to be more about coverage and you know with the theory of you know uh, you know teams are going to be playing here it's it's going to be track meets you know baltimore's going to score a lot of points if you're trying to compete with the kansas city chiefs of the world scoring a ton of points here you, you it's just going to be more capable cover guys and you know if gladney and greedy williams both turn out to be decent players along with denzel ward yeah you got a problem but you ain't got a problem really for a couple of years until you have to worry about it so strength in numbers and that you know uh, that type of approach here makes also makes you wonder if you know safety and this is the wild card here because we have no idea what they think of Sheldrick Redwine. Safety, and these names we're all talking about here, you know, and saying maybe a safety at, at 41, maybe that isn't a possibility. Maybe they already feel that they're three safeties deep. Well, look, they, they, I, I, I think they are going to approach, you know, nickel or dime or whatever in terms of who are the five or six best DBs they have. So if you know, their nickel 
right now it's certainly slanted towards having uh, three corners on the field because Kevin Johnson, you know, when healthy is more than capable. Um, but if they, let's say they get dealt bit and, you know, they go dime and they have six DBs on the field, um, that could easily be Delpit, uh, Joseph, and Sandejo on the field. And, and, and in part, that's because I think um, both Carl Joseph and uh, Grant Delpit are crazy versatile. They're both hybrid uh, safety talents that can do a little bit of everything. Um, you can put Delpit in, in, the, in, the, in the box if you want. You can put him in the slot. You can do all kinds of things. You can play him deep. Um, so it just gives you all kinds of ability to, to do things. And then, you know, on a week-to-week basis, let's say you're, you, you're playing the Ravens. You probably – you might not be, want to put a true slot corner on the field. You may want a little more size because you want to deal with, you know, Lamar Jackson and the running game more that you might want a little more heft on the field and you get a safety on the field in that slot position. It's got an extra, you know, 10, 20 pounds uh, and is more inclined to play downhill and play the run. It just gives you options to, to be the matchup thing. Whereas if you play the, you know, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals who have a bunch of, uh, you know, long athletic receivers, uh, you might be far more inclined to put, as many corners as you can on the field, maybe putting four on the field in certain situations. So it, it just gives you the freedom to play matchup football. And that's the best thing you can ask for as a defensive coordinator. And and that's sort of the thing with, again, with linebackers is you typically have way more use for DBs than you do linebackers, just in terms of what teams are doing. Um, it's, you know, if you get linebackers, you can do extra things. Obviously, Joe Schilbert was in that category, so it frees you up. But the Browns made the decision that that's not worth um, what he's getting paid in Jacksonville, and they aren't going to try to replace him in that sense. And if they, they do get a guy, let's say they, they add a guy like uh, uh, Logan Wilson and all that athleticism, they find out he can be a guy that can, can run with tight ends and cover in that aspect. They're certainly not going to be unhappy that they got that. They'll incorporate it, but they're just not going to expect it to happen. Um, and if you look at it, you know, the key of it all is probably taking down the Baltimore Ravens to at least get yourself to the top of the AFC North and might approach it like the Chargers did two years ago in the playoffs where, you know, we're not going to have linebackers on the field. We're going to you know match speed with speed. We're going to go with as many defensive backs as possible here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, a little bit more coming here on Locked On Browns. On the Locked On NFL home show here, um, all the hosts we've gotten together, we've done a mock draft here. Today's episode that will drop over at Locked On, we'll have the Browns pick, I believe, first episode they did one through six. So I believe today you're going to get seven through 12. So you'll get me. The Browns did keep the pick, did make a selection. That's all I'll give you for now. But uh, go ahead, check out Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson, also Matt Peacock. Uh, they do a fantastic job. Brian Peacock, sorry. They do a fantastic job. So go ahead got time today stuck in the house check that one out as well Pete, 10 days out what do you see as the biggest surprise in round one what you mean like overall yes sir uh, oh. uh it may be as simple as you know Tua doesn't go nearly as high as people think he does which doesn't mean he'll like 
you know, have a Aaron Rodgers or Brady Quinn type ball, but he just may enough teams may be wary where he, he slips a little bit. Uh, I think Jordan Love's going to be a surprise no matter what happens. Um, some teams may love him. Some teams may just not see it with him. I'm in the don't see it category. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, 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 the safe bet is to say something with quarterback just because by virtue of the position that people do, teams do crazy things for it. Um, but I, I don't, it, 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 I don't foresee that much like changing. I, I, I think um, the the nature of the, the draft being on, you know, this, this new format and stuff, I don't expect it to be all that different. And if you listen to Andrew Berry, uh, like, he doesn't seem to think it's going to be a big deal at all. And maybe, you know, that's the advantage of having a 33-year-old general manager who's familiar with all this technology and a Harvard graduate as opposed to Dave Gettleman, who just seems inclined to do absolutely the worst thing possible for the Giants and may accidentally draft a punter uh, because he can't figure out the technology. But, no, I, I think it's going to run relatively smoothly, and it's just a question of, which team is going to make pull the trigger for a weird quarterback? Um, and, and it would not surprise me at all if it's the Raiders who take Jordan Love, uh, despite the fact Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. They, you know, John Gruden in that sense just can't help himself. So I'll go with that. Uh, I agree on quarterbacks, and actually, uh, I mean, the Raiders with twelve and nineteen got to be sitting there saying, hmm, "Well." <laughs> You can get at least one of these here because, I mean, you double act up and they have a 81 and 82 or 80 and 81. So it's, you know, I like the Raiders, you know, overall hurting for picks and obviously, you know, put some damage here in in free agency. Uh, obviously, guys, we're going to be coming at you every day here and uh, obviously we'll you know, get you shows each and every day of day one, day two, day three of the draft. And then obviously, as UDFA start to fall, you know, flow in, we can fall in love with a guy, you know, while he's a Cleveland Brown for, you know, an hour or two like we did. Uh, what was the running back last year? From Pitt, we were all in love, and he was here for what, maybe ninety minutes. And of course, Darren, uh, something. Yeah, he's still, he was, he's still floating around. He's on the team. Oh, everybody's on a roster at this point here. Um, but we're gonna put a bow on this one here. And like I said, guys, uh, you know, this is the time here. You know, just want to take a couple of days off, recharge the batteries here. Um, you know, as much as this time of the year, I love it to death here. I mean, some of it does kind of feel like a little almost disingenuous about getting excited for something the NFL draft with all this going on here. Um, but it ain't stopping. So we got to be here to cover it. Um, and starting to get that feeling and the juice is starting to flow to it here. Make sure you're checking everything out from Brown's Digest on SI.com. Pete and his team kicking butt, taking names over there with everything there. So make sure you're checking it out. Follow Brown's Digest on Twitter. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself. Locked on Browns, all lowercase, follow back account. Uh, DMs are always open. Me personally, again, anybody who wants to, you know, anybody, anything you want, put it in the show. Go ahead, hit me up through the DMs. Uh, you know, always, you know, active in there. Try to answer every question I can. Uh, so I appreciate you guys for as much time as you spend with us. I'm going to try to do the in kind for all of you guys. Um, with that being said, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.